Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the 10-Minute Leadership Podcast, Chapter 22, How to Start a Movement. I hope you're doing well, and this um, podcast is finding you in uh, a happy place. This uh, particular episode is based on a TED Talk, a short TED Talk by... Um, Derek Sivers is his name, Derek Sivers. So if you go on onto uh, TED.com and just type in in the search box how to start an, a movement, it's a five minute or less. It's a really short TED talk and it's excellent. And it talks obviously about leadership and how to start a movement. So I don't want to give away the TED talk because it is kind of cool. But what you're going to learn by watching it, because it will definitely complement this episode, and it's a very quick part, um, uh, TED Talk, sorry, um, you will find that a movement that you want to start in terms of leadership at work, um, if you have a goal you're trying to achieve, which is a part of a movement, or move things around basically within your organization, you will find that you can only start a movement with your followership. Now, this is a bit counterintuitive to some people who think of leadership more in terms of management, where you uh, it's kind of a trickle down, you uh, come up with an idea, you communicate it one way or another to your followership and you expect them to follow. Well, there's more to it. As we know by now, ideas should include the why behind it, because this is a really good buy-in. Also, ideas should really be generated by your followership. So the trick here in starting a movement and cultivating change is to get your followership to think in terms of the benefits of the change in the movement. And let, let me give you an example to put it in perspective. This is a relatively simple example. I'm going to use something that I'm used to because I've done this in the past and I may have used this example. So if you heard it before, you'll hear it again now. At some point during my career, well, a few times, but the first time I went through a um, employee's uh, employee uh, uniform change, right? And so there's really two ways to do this, to, to make that change, to make that movement, if you will, right? You can either select the uniform for them and then make them wear them, or you create more of a democracy, which is more time consuming, but way more beneficial, and you plant the seed. And here's what I did. I planted the seed. I said, hey, guys, in the one of the employee meeting, I have good news. We're getting new uniform. And they didn't have to pay for it. Everyone got excited because the uniform were at the time were outdated. This was a um, restaurant uh, inside uh, a uh, large hotel chain I worked for. And I'm, I'm being careful not to advertise, but it's one of the large uh, hotel chains. And so, uh, so we needed to implement a uniform change. Everyone got excited about it. And the chatter immediately began and they said, okay, what is it gonna look like? And I said, what do you guys want it to lo look like? And if I tell you, this was back in the 90s, and I remember pretty much everyone's faces in the, in the meeting, like the excitement. They're like, we get to choose? And I said, yes. Now, at the time, there were uh, physical catalogs. I know they still exist, but my point is that the inter internet was just born at the time. 
and so I distributed catalogs among everyone and I said, let's do the following. Have a look, make three choices, A, B, and C. Your first one, second one, and the third one. Write it down on a piece of paper and submit it to me within a week or so. So this is um, already, again, creating a chatter, creating excitement because the employees all understood that they are a part of that decision. And I said the majority rules because there's 60 of them just shy of 60 employees. So the majority rules and whatever we decide as a collective, this is going to be your your new uniform. And I invited employees to have some sidebar conversations and consult with one another. You see, what I did here is I moved the responsibility uh, for the change onto them. And I was merely the conduit. Was it more work? Absolutely. Would have, was it easier for me to select the uniform for them, order and distribute? Yeah, absolutely. But I chose the long route because I knew right um, back then that if you get employees involved, especially in something that they care about, which is they wear it every day to work, their own uniform, then it will create a movement. It will create a change. It will come from them and not from me. And sure enough, to my surprise, by the way, the majority, really the vast majority, selected uh, a certain type of uniform and everyone agreed to it. And we had a couple more discussions. Uh, Do we want a gray tie or a blue tie? And I think we landed, again, back then in the 90s, it was gray with uh, black patterns and everyone liked it. And they wore ties at the time. And I ordered the uniform and everyone were happy. And they were proud of it too. So how do you start a movement? You start a movement, you start change with your followership. This is where it starts. Now, of course, you come up with the idea, but then you immediately transmit it to the followership. Even bigger decisions than, I would challenge you here, bigger decisions than than a change of uniform. For example, tougher decisions like uh, to cut overtime. You know, let, let involve your employees. Let them know, hey, listen, this is where we stand financially. In order for us to survive, this is what we need to do. Here are some options. What do you guys think? Do you want to vote on it? Obviously, there's some cases where this can be successful. Other cases, you as a leader, you will have to make uh, a decision. But... What I invite you to do and what I want you to get out of this episode is to think about opportunities where you have to have your followership involved in the decision making. Parents, same thing, same story. If you can involve your kids in the decision making and they are mature enough to make decisions, then invite them to be a part of the decision making for for family changes. Do you want to move a house, for example? Get them involved. Ask them, hey, what's your opinion? What do you think about this house or that? What do you think about this neighborhood? What do you think about that neighborhood and etc.? Just some ideas for you. Because movement, grassroots, start from the people, not from leaders. Leaders take it to the next level. And leaders can orchestrate it and should orchestrate it. But it starts with people. This is what grassroots movement is, if you really think about it. So again, I invite you to think about opportunities to get your followership involved so they can create the change, so they can start the movement. 
and it is possible. You just have to be creative and honestly, and forgive me for being blunt here, don't be lazy about it. Again, I gave you the example. I could have been really lazy about this. I just could have selected for them. It would have, been, it would have saved me hours. But you know what? The outcome would not be the same. When we think in our followership, with our followership in mind first, this leads to a successful culture, a successful organization. And with that, many benefits come. And I don't think I need to list them. So again, Google how to start a movement, or even if you want to be more precise, TED.com, how to start a movement. Take a look at Derek Sievers. Uh, he's funny, cute, and entertaining. Entertaining. <laughs> I want to say entertainment, and I said entertaining. Uh, so he is fun, cute, and entertaining, and it is a um, good short TED Talk for you to, to take a look at. Thank you for tuning in. Before I let you go, please don't forget, I have some really, I've had some really great guests and I'm going to have some really great guests coming up on the show in June. We're going to have Jay Wilkinson. Again, if you want to Google or YouTube his TED Talk, Jay Wilkinson about company culture. So the next couple of episodes, we're going to focus more on culture to kind of get ready to our discussion with uh, Jay. And also, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to Majora Carter, she's absolutely amazing. And Steve Hogarth is absolutely amazing. And Georgina Withstow before Steve. And Lucy Jordash and Jordan, uh, Jordan Rose. I had a bunch of guests so far, and I think the episodes were great. So in case you missed it, scroll back and take a listen. They are longer than 10 minutes, than 10 minutes but they are also fantastic. Now I'm a bit biased because this is my podcast, but I've been getting some positive feedback on it. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of the week. And remember, you want to start a movement? Start with your followership. Take care, everyone.